Here's what I want you to do. Turn to the book of John in your Bibles right now. Uh, that's a fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're starting a brand new series, as mentioned, called You, Inc., The Art of Leading Yourself. I want to say that one more time. You, comma, Inc., The Art of Leading Yourself. I have been in ministry now for quite some time. Uh, I've been alive for many moons I've never seen a need, culturally speaking, for leadership as much as I do right now. I've never seen a need, not only from, at high levels, organizationally speaking, but just people in the day-to-day running of their lives, managing their own affairs. I've never seen a greater need for personal leadership than I do right now. And so over the next several weeks, We're going to get into what it looks like to lead like Jesus leads. Uh, We see the apostles and disciples. We see John the Baptist. We see these great men and women in the scriptures leading with incredible leadership skills. Sometimes we see their their flaws and their their pain points. And we're going to learn from that uh, in the coming weeks and grow as leaders. Our city needs us right now. Your city needs you right now. Your church needs you right now. The kingdom will benefit, God's kingdom, when men and women grow in Christian leadership. Here's the thing. Uh, Whether you are married, whether you're single, uh, whether you're divorced, whether you like pumpkin spice lattes, or whether you go to the store and and you buy candy corn, it's, it's painful for me to even say this, But even you have a measure of leadership, okay? (laughs) Everybody has a measure of leadership that God has given them. I can joke about all the different scenarios. The reality is leadership, it's not, you're not discriminated against. All of us have the ability to lead our own lives. All of us have given the, the stewardship of that. All of us have people in our lives, whether you realize it or not, that are looking at you, that you're in proximity with, whether you are a, whether you coach at a gym, whether you are a teacher, whether you are literally just living your life with roommates in your house, you all have been given a measure of leadership. And if you want to grow as a leader, if you literally want to grow as a leader, I have good news and I have bad news. The bad news is anytime you choose to grow in leadership, you're going to experience resistance. Resistance is, is the, it is the constant that every growing leader has to learn to live with. I want to say that one more time. If you're going to grow as a leader, if you're going to grow in this moment and in the weeks to come, you're going to have to learn to get comfortable with tension in your soul regarding resistance because everything is working against you growing to be more like Christ. But this is our opportunity, and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, I have great news for you. You can grow. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. You may be graduated. You may be a student. You may be 12 years old watching this right now. God has leadership that he has afforded you. So let's use it, and let's grow into the fullness of what God has called us to be. Amen. Turn to the book of John, if you haven't already, chapter 1. We're going to be reading from, uh, uh, we're going to read about John the Baptist today. 
One of the ways that we face this resistance, right, is knowing who we are and what God has called us to do. These are identity issues, and this is what we're talking about today. And my hope is that by the end of this, this sermon today, you are braced for the things that attack your identity as a leader. All of us have challenges that we face. John the Baptist did as well. Jesus did as well. The disciples, we see the same patterns uh, at work, uh, resisting leaders growing into the leader that God's called them to become. But if you know who you are and you know what God has called you to do, you can face the high winds, the resistance. We've got storms. Even as I record this, there's rain happening outside. And if you've ever seen the news anchor, right, that's trying to report the news and the rain and the winds blowing, right, they're leaning into the wind or the person in the background that's trying to walk down the street, right, during high winds. You have to lean into it. Otherwise, you don't make any progress. You don't make any advancement. Or you literally start moving the opposite direction. Well, today, what we get to do is lean into the resistance that comes against you growing to become more like Jesus. You guys ready to do that? Let's do it. John chapter 1, verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He didn't fail to confess, but confess freely, I'm not the Messiah. They asked him, well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, well, who, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who'd been sent questioned him, well, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah? Nor Elijah, nor the prophet. I baptize with water, John said. But among you stands one you do not know. You don't know him. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. In just a few verses, we see John the Baptist illustrating some things, that many traps that we fall into as leaders. Uh, identity issues. Things that reveal our insecurity as leaders, as men and, and women who follow Jesus, right? Who are you? This is a question I want you to ask yourself, even as you're watching today. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you really know who you are? Do you know what you believe? Right? Do you know what you're called to do? Because these are the things in Christ when you are anchored in him. And these things are clear to you. It's amazing how much high wind and resistance you can withstand. Here we have John the Baptist. and He, he faces three things uh, in his life repeatedly. Three challenges to his identity. And there are three challenges that we face as well. And here's the first one. In verse 21... They asked him, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not. Are you the prophet? No. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? If you're going to grow as a leader, you have to accept the reality that you are going to be questioned. 
you're going to be questioned. I don't like to be questioned. <laughs> I, I don't like it. The higher up you go in an organization, the, the less and less people like to be questioned, right? And an insecure leader who is not anchored in Jesus perceives questions as threats. Many times, sometimes people just need clarity, right? But we perceive clarity as an identity threat. Who, who, who am I? Well, how dare you? And we become wishy-washy and we become, we become nervous. We become defensive, right? This is what leaders do. Or let me rephrase this. This is what insecure leaders do. I've been guilty of this before. Anyone who's grown in leadership has had to deal with the truth and reality that they are going to be questioned. If you have children, especially children that are entering into teenage years, you're going to be questioned. Your leadership is going to be questioned. And the thing about leadership being, being questioned is it rarely stays uh, informational. It always becomes personal, doesn't it? What was once me just needing clarification, I need you to, I need, I have questions about this, becomes questions about you, becomes questions about your character. You can see it in your teenager. Teens, I love you, right? When you begin to question mom and dad, deep down sometimes, the seed of it isn't just clarity. You're questioning whether they really know whether they really have lived this, whether they really have the capacity to be a good mom and dad to you in this moment, right? And an insecure mom and dad become very defensive in this moment. And we see teen uh, and mom and dad fights breaking out over this tension of growth. Happens all the time in the workplace. A leader has to settle the reality in their heart, deep breath, that they're going to be questioned, and that's okay. It's a good thing. And if you spend all of your time getting hurt because people are asking uh, for, 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 for clarity, if they're asking for you to almost prove yourself, they're going to ask you to do it. Who do you think you are? Sometimes you're going to have a good answer for that, and other times you're just going to say, no, that's not who I am. John the Baptist knew, and what did he do? He gave his explanation. I am the one who has been called to prepare the way for the Lord. He knew who he was, and he knew what he was called to do. And even though people questioned him, people questioned his character, people questioned his sanity, because he was anchored to Jesus, he did not get shaken. If you want to grow as a leader, accept the reality that your identity will be questioned. And a growing leader anchors himself to who he knows Jesus has called him to be and what he has been called to do. What she has been called to do and who she is called to be. Number two, not only will you be questioned you're going to be misunderstood. This is one of the challenges a leader faces in their identity all the time. And this has been even a, a trap that I have fallen into in my own leadership, trying to grow as a leader, growing as a pastor. 
Understand this. John replied, verse 23, in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who'd been sent questioned, well, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? See, they didn't understand what he was doing. They didn't understand his intentions. They didn't understand the plans. They didn't understand the purposes. John, it won't be too long before John is literally arrested, right, and put in prison. They did not understand what John the Baptist was trying to do. He was paving the way, not as the Messiah, before the Messiah to come. Leaders always risk being misunderstood. You will be. You will be. I remember this, this, this moment very vividly. This is one of the first times that I, I really had to come to grips with this. In one of the churches that we worked at, um, you know, I wasn't the lead pastor at the time. I was an associate pastor. And one of my job descriptions was life groups and helping oversee groups. And we had become friends with people in the church and, and you know, had been there for some time. And we, we, we moved into a new neighborhood. And some of our very close friends literally were like, hey, uh, Andy and Amy moved into this neighborhood. We should move too. They moved across the street, right? Because it's happy days, baby, right? I mean, everything is cruising and, and, and you know, they're across the street, blah, 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 blah. And lo and behold, they begin to lead a life group at our church. And as the life group is led, word had gotten back to me that, that on, on several occasions, the life group had turned more into kind of a gripe session for things that people didn't like in the church. Okay. Not the end of the world, but requires a, a little conversation to help steer it. And so I picked up the phone and I called our friends and I said, hey, can I talk to you about the life group? And, and I brought it up and I, I let them know, like, hey, as the leader of the group, when you hear this, you know, can you as the pace setter and you as the leader, can you be the one who steers this away from that kind of conversation into things that really produce true growth? You know what? And if there's feedback we need to hear, go ahead and hit me with it. Now, there's a good chance because I can't go back and hear all of it. Is it possible that the words came out, you know, in a, in a different tone or a different way? I know that it's possible. But the heart to be understood was, was to create a great environment in our church for groups, for people to grow. Well, what I did not know is that this family, friends of ours, had experienced some serious pain along the way in their life. And the correction that they were getting or the adjustment that they were hearing, it triggered some old pains. And when I say that there was a visceral reaction, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even understand it. It was so strong. It was, it, it, was, it was being misunderstood. They perceived this as being controlling, uh, manipulative, being, being asked to do something that they couldn't possibly do when the reality is we just, just wanted them to create a little bit of a healthier environment for people to not feel the liberty to complain in that situation. Well, it turned into a big stink, and they left the church, and they took a ton of families with them. And it was a very hard time. Emotionally, it was hard. I felt condemned. I felt like a failure. And I had to come to the grips. I had to come to grips with the reality that leaders 
are oftentimes misunderstood. Your intentions are misunderstood. Your heart gets misunderstood. Sometimes it's your own fault, right? It is. You make mistakes. Other times it's because of of different things that people are dealing with in their own lives, but you cannot spend all of your time as a leader trying to run around making sure that every single person understands every single thing in the perfect way, in the perfect tone, in the perfect vernacular. You cannot possibly do that. You can't. You're going to have to accept the reality and be secure in who you are and what God has called you to do and understand that there will be some who will always misunderstand who you are and what you're doing. John the Baptist was misunderstood. And you know what he didn't do? He wasn't lying awake at night, just twiddling his thumbs so anxious about what everybody else thought about him. I know that feeling. (laughs) <laughs> Many of us do. Or we, we get lost in being so gripped and so concerned and so validated by what every single person thinks about us. You will never be able to grow into the fullness of the leader that God has called you to be. Nor will you be able to do what God has called you to do if you do not accept this reality. That you're going to be misunderstood. And you get to stay anchored to Jesus in spite of it. That's what you get to do. That's what a good leader does. By the way, I didn't even mention this, but caveat, asterisk, side note. This one's free. If you want to see this play out, scan social media for like five seconds, five milliseconds, right? And someone is commenting somewhere, right? And a a benign comment turns into an assassination, right? Where it's like you can't read somebody's tone. And so social media becomes the greatest snare, by the way, for being misunderstood. So you have to be careful as you lead your life and live your life out on some of these platforms. It's easy to misunderstand what someone means or someone's heart. And so we want to assume the best on both sides of the table here. But understand something. When you see uh, the the misunderstanding go from, from clarification to character assassination, you're seeing this play out in the very thing that we've just described. Many times there's nothing you can do about it except walk away and be confident in who you are. Be humble, be gracious, be kind, and be a great leader. And not let it rattle your identity. Know who you are and what God has called you to do. Thirdly, John chapter 1. Uh, actually, no, turn to John chapter 3. Uh, if you're flipping the pages or you're scanning on you version. John the Baptist says this. He says, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of him. Verse 28. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. I want you to hear this. Because every leader has to face the test that only God can bring them. 
And that means that God is going to allow different things in your life to literally test to see what's really in there. John the Baptist, I cannot fathom this man who's given his life to prepare the way for Jesus. He literally goes out in the wilderness. People think he's a bit crazy, right? But they like him. The crowds are are swelling. Can you imagine the the celebrity status, the popularity, right? This guy is like the megachurch pastor overnight. You know, he's wild, he's crazy, he's charismatic, he's eccentric. But he says something here that speaks to me, and I hope it speaks to you, in that he was so confident in who he was and what he was called to do that he says something here to, 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 regarding Jesus' ministry. He says, my ministry has to become less, and his has to become more. In other words, he held what God had called him to do so loosely. In other words, He knew what he was called to do, but his validation did not come from worldly performance, from performance factors, from, from worldly metrics. He knew what he was called to do, and he did it. And as Jesus began to step onto the stage, John knew that it was time for him to become less and Jesus to become more. The confidence that you have to have. How many times have we found ourselves tested in a a moment of leadership? And instead of letting the Holy Spirit just do what God wants to do, we hold on so tightly because we've allowed this thing to become our identity, to become our security. We see this in ministry, but we see it in work. We, 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 see, we see how the amount of money that we make all of a sudden becomes our identity and you lose that job or, or you don't get the promotion that you were hoping you were going to get and you're just completely deflated, like forever inflated. You just can't pull the plane up. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be discouraged at times. But when the plane just crashes, what we're seeing is an identity built not on Jesus being your anchor, but some sort of worldly factor. And as a leader, you've got to know who you are first and foremost. Whether it's money, whether it's a relationship, the relationship didn't work out like you thought. Again, is that disappointing? Yes. Is it heartbreaking? Also, yes. But should you lose your ability to even follow Jesus because of it? No. Should it tank you and devastate you? No. What it reveals in these moments is a life where we're not building our foundation upon Jesus. Let's talk about this in real, a real life situation. So being questioned, being misunderstood, being tested, you can see this play out so much as it pertains to security, even in something as simple as the gym, right? We all, we all should strive to lead healthy lives. Some do better at this than others. And if you have made decisions regarding food and working out, that is so awesome and, and a great decision, Right, And as people make decisions uh, pertaining their personal health, those who've not made those decisions with them that are friends, oftentimes you begin to see friction develop and take place. Right? The, the, the questioning that happens. Oh, well, you, don't, you don't eat this anymore? Well, you, what do you mean you don't want to go and 
go out to eat and eat this or do that or, or this or that. Or the spiritual growth. Someone decides to start living for Jesus and now their decisions begin to, 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 to invite questioning. Well, what do you mean you don't go here or do that or talk like this or laugh at this? Right? And the questions come. But the questions the, the, in the seed form, it's really similar to John the Baptist. It's who, who are you? Who do you really think that you are? Right? And it's not just the kind of questioning that's looking for clarity. Many times underneath it is a subtle offense because you're being misunderstood. People don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Whether you're making decisions to grow spiritually speaking, in your personal life, or even something as simple as getting in shape at the gym and trying to eat clean and get fit. You see the same thing play out in the testing, right? The insecurity that, that, that plagued you when you weren't in shape now resurfaces itself as the guy, the gal who takes 47 pictures of themselves a day at the gym and finds the affirmation and validation, not in just who they are and what they're called to do, but they get it from the likes, the comments, the follows, and they find themselves soaking up affirmation and validation, and they're not actually growing as a leader in this moment. They've just traded one version of insecurity for another. If we're going to grow in leadership, we've got to be the kind of people who are anchored in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. He died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day that you and me might have life and that we might live for his glory and see his kingdom expand. That's what gets us up in the morning. His glory. It's not my glory. It's not my likes. It's not my comments. It's not my follows, surely on Instagram. I'm never on Instagram. <laughs> so that's not it for me. But I can be just as insecure as anybody else. How do you live your life? Who are you and what has God called you to do? What has he called you to be? Then be that and be confident in who God says you are. Stand on it and understand along the way you're going to be questioned. That's okay. You're going to be misunderstood and you're going to be tested. Don't fall for the trap that snares so many young, growing leaders. So who are you? What's God asked you to do? John says it like this in chapter 1, verse 33. He says, I, I myself did not know him. He's talking about Jesus. I didn't know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. Let me just back that up right there. He knew he was sent. He knew who sent him. And he had so much relationship with the one who sent him that he literally can say with confidence that my God told me. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. See, John the Baptist, I mean, he, he was fire. 
Okay, he knew who he was and he knew what he'd been called to do. And because of that, he was anchored in God so much so that he knew he was sent. He was anchored so much so that he's literally praying and hearing from God and literally, literally building his life on what he knows God has said to him. How do you grow in identity? Right now, well, you've got to start spending time with Jesus. You've got to spend time in his presence. You've got to turn up your worship music. You've got to get in this Bible. You must. If you want to grow as a leader, you've got challenges that are going to face your identity. But if you want to build that identity in the first place, you've got to get in God's presence. And that's going to begin with praying, which is why we spent week after week after week hounding you to grow in your prayer life. You've got to get in this word and love it and fight for it, even when you don't see it doing anything in your life. Just you opening it and literally building a pattern of repetition of getting in God's word, I promise you, you are pouring big time cement on the identity of who you are. This is how we grow as leaders. John the Baptist knew where he was sent and he knew who was doing the talking. It was God so much so that when he saw Jesus, he didn't know him, yet he knew him by the Spirit. He didn't know from looking at him that he was the Messiah. He knew by the Spirit of God that he was the Messiah. It's a powerful picture of leadership. And I'm inviting you today to grow in the same kind of leadership that we see John living in. Someone who's confident, strong, Anchored in God Almighty and okay with being questioned, okay with being misunderstood, and okay with the tests that come his way because he was anchored in the right thing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for helping us grow today. Lord, I, I pray even, even right now that you would you'd let these things settle deep in our hearts. Sometimes it's helpful to just be prepared for what's coming. As we grow in leadership, we know resistance is coming, and it oftentimes will come in the form of attacks on identity. Uh, we get questioned, we get misunderstood, we get tested, and many times we don't know how to respond in these moments. Let us right now be the kind of people who go to you, who run to you, who build a life life upon you. Help our anchor to be rested upon the rock, Jesus Christ. Move in our lives right now. God, we need to become greater leaders in this hour. Help us to do it, Father. To look like your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this is part one of You, Inc., The Art of Leading Yourself. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope this blessed you. Looking forward to seeing you next week.